0: Do you hate listening to the same 10 songs over and over during long car drives? Do you have an itching to escape your mundane job without actually leaving your job? Or do you wish you could read a good book but you just don't have the time? Hello my friends, I'm Daniel with The Temple of Geek and I'm here to tell you that I have a solution for your book reading needs. That solution is Audible. Yes, my friends, Audible is here to save you on those long car trips and boring workdays with over 180,000 titles for you to choose from. Today, you, the listeners of Temple of Geek podcast, get an even sweeter deal. By heading over to audible.com forward slash podcast. you can sign up for a free 30-day trial on us. You can start downloading the book today on your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. So what are you waiting for? Head over to audible.com forward slash podcast and get your free 30-day trial started today.
1: Enjoy the show. At you from the depths of the internet.
0: This
2: is the Temple of Geek podcast, your one stop for all All things geek. geek.
0: Welcome to the Temple of Geek podcast. I'm Daniel, and with me as always are Monica and Stacy. And on this episode, we're going to discuss some of the news stories that took place this last couple weeks. So, uh, without further ado, welcome to the show, guys. How y'all doing today?
3: Great. So let's.
0: Let's go ahead and just start by going around the room and just kind of here to see what's going on with everybody. Around the mics. Uh, let's start with Stacy. What's been going on, man? Well, uh,
2: um, I've been anxious to. I've really been playing, like I said, I guess last week or the, the last time you were on. it, uh, Been really trying to play more games for the Retro Rebel, and uh, I actually completed one, and uh, which was Pyre, uh, which I'll talk about on. Retro Rebel, but it, it's uh, it's definitely up for Game of the Year, I think, on a lot of lists. And uh, one of the most interesting games that I've played, and trying to explain it would take more time than we have. <laughs> uh, but it's a really good game. Uh, and then uh, I've also, on Xbox, if you have Xbox Gold, um, there there's a, a game that they have for free, which is called Oxenfree. Last year, Oxenfree was up for one of the games of the year. And it's a really weird... Platformer type game. It's really not a platformer, um, although that's kind of a, It's a two D, you know, walk through the world. And the premise is is there's four of you. You, it's you're like high school buddies, and you end up on this island. You're like, like a bunch of high school kids that go out to a beach to kind of get away and senior trip or whatever. And it sounds uh, like
3: a horror story about to
2: happen. Oh, it it is kind of messed up. Um, and it's very rudimentary graphics in terms of like, it's not like graphically impressive. Uh, but the story is really interesting and it takes a really, really strange turn right at the beginning. This isn't really spoilery, but, uh, in the beginning you go into this cave and, uh, they give you this radio at the beginning. And so you tune the radio to a particular station to listen to a broadcast that's being broadcasted somewhere around the, the island. And you pick up the broadcast, but then he tells you to stand at, there's these th- three stacks of stones, and you stand at each one of those stones, and the, and some spiritual something happens. It's like you just did some better, and you release some kind of spirit or something. It's really weird. Uh, you, there are these time loops, and uh, it's just, it, it's, I don't want to spoil anything about it, but it is a, it's, it's a good game. Very interesting. I'm not finished with it, um, but it's free right now on Xbox Live. So if you've got Xbox, if you've got gold, it's free. I think it's worth your time. But that's what I've been doing. And looking forward to the Kingsman, which I haven't watched yet, but I'm looking forward
0: to it. Yeah, I want to see that too. Monica, what's been going on with you?
3: Nothing. Um, I'm actually trying to catch (laughs) up on Kingsman because I never saw the first one. Oh my so um, I really want to see the second one. I heard great things about the first one. So I'm planning on catching up on Kingsman and then catching that, hopefully. Um, but other than that, not much going on. Just booking um, some cosplay shoots and getting prepared for the next couple cons that are coming up. Over here in Southern California, we have a lot of cons coming up. Uh, we have Nerdbot Con. We have uh, Los Angeles uh, Comic Con, which is Stan Lee's convention. And uh, right. we also have Catalina Comic Con coming up. There's just so many uh, cons in the next couple uh weeks. So uh, scheduling some cosplay shoots for that um, and scheduling time with cosplayers will be at the cons. So that's basically been my week.
0: That, that sounds Man. like a lot of work. <laughs> busy. Yeah, you're busy. It,
3: it, yeah, it's a lot of uh, messaging back and forth and like, you know. Keeping schedules, but other than that, it's, it's been a lot of fun. I just did a Jessica Jones um, photo shoot with one of the cosplayers that I love to work with, and I'm really excited about the pictures we took.
0: Awesome. Well, with me, Are you get up. Today? Yeah, not much, really. Honestly, um, I have been over the course of this week uh, working a lot of my real job, um, but when I come home, I've been trying to decompress. So I started watching some of the old. Uh, Stacy, you might know this cartoon. Um, I've been watching some cartoons, um, stuff okay. from the 80s. Uh, it's called uh, Mask. I do know Mask. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if you know it, Monica. Um, I don't. Uh, well, basically, it's an old cartoon. I keep saying it's old, but it came out in the 80s. It's about this team. You can think That's of them kind of like like G.I. Joe or whatever, but they wear these special masks and these masks give them special abilities and they drive these vehicles that can change into different vehicles. Uh <laughs> yes the toys way cooler than, than the so so i guess the reason why i'm bringing this up is i'm like i don't know 10 episodes into it right now i've been watching them in order and i'm i was like when i was watching i i guess when i was a kid i was like i remember the show just being freaking amazing <laughs> but watching yeah. it now as an adult i'm like the acting i'm like judging everything I'm like the acting's horrible the, the animation's horrible the storylines are horrible um, and I mean,
3: I'm, is it horrible for the 80s as well? Or oh, is yeah. It, like or the acting,
0: the voice acting is like they paid the janitor or somebody to come in there and just read straight from a cue card. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, they have this horrible little side character of this kid and his machine called T-Bob. Uh, they're just, <laughs> it's so bad, but I just can't stop watching it. I just keep going to the next episode. And I don't know. So um, I guess the other thing that happened this week is Wonder Woman came out. And I have not wow. yet seen that. So,
3: Oh, yes. my gosh.
0: I've invested a lot of money in this nice, beautiful 3D television. And I've been trying to buy 3D Blu-rays as they come out so I can have a 3D Blu-ray collection. So I'm like, yeah, I want to get Wonder Woman on 3D Blu-ray. Why is it so freaking hard to search this town and find a 3D Blu-ray of this movie? I have not found one yet. So I, I ended up tonight having to order it from Amazon, and I won't get it until Monday. So kind of sad about that. I wanted to watch it this weekend. but
3: yeah. um, You are going to love it. It is an incredible movie. Um, my kids, we just got it, um, obviously, because it came out this week. And I was watching it with my five-year-old, and he was literally jumping off the uh, couch, I guess the arm of the couch,
2: uh-huh. pretending
3: yeah. to be, like, one of the um, Amazonian women. He was just yeah. imitating all their moves, and he was, like, so into Wonder Woman. Every time she came out, he was just, like, mimicking everything that she did. And my uh, 13-year-old son, he's watched it in the last I don't know, forty-eight hours, maybe five or six times.
0: That's crazy. That's
3: awesome. He just loves it. He thinks it's the best DC movie there is out there. I do too.
0: I think that's how well, I was when the Phantom I, Menace came out on I Blu-ray or DVD. TV.
3: With Phantom Menace.
0: <laughs> I was waiting to see if Stacy you were going to say something.
2: <laughs> oh, I I didn't uh, hear it because otherwise I would have definitely addressed that.
3: <laughs> I was just. Kind of trying to be polite.
2: But... I like I like how she yes yeah, she said the Phantom Menace.
0: Are you sure you said that correctly?
3: are <laughs> talking about the same yeah.
0: Stacy knows I'm a very big defender of the prequels. So <laughs> he is, and Daniel knows that uh, he's wrong. So
3: <laughs> I don't have a problem with the prequels as far as like storylines go. Um, I just feel like. They missed it with like some of the acting. They and- missed
2: it when they filmed it. <laughs> <laughs> the story, if it was stayed on paper, would have been way better.
0: Maybe, okay. according to story, uh, according to Stacy, this is the Star Wars story that we didn't want. <laughs> it is.
2: It is there. Then- they there's actually there's a cutout there, and I wish one day that they release it. But basically, um, and I think it's it's. Um, Oh, who's the guy from the 70s show? Um, Topher Grace? uh, Topher Grace. Topher Grace did a cut of the movie where he basically took all three of the prequels and he made one movie out of it. And he cut almost all of episode one out of it. And much of episode two. But what he did, he, he spliced together as a child getting picked up and and everything, and, and it's never been released, he just showed it to his friends, but he did cut it into one movie and made it tolerable. Um And, like I said, man, I, I own them all. I have not gone back. I actually go back and watch the scenes with Django Fett in Episode 2. Um I don't really watch much of Episode 3. I don't watch them at all. Let's just be honest, I don't watch any of them at all. Um, <laughs> And the only thing that to me made them worth it, uh, or actually that salvaged the entire prequel trilogy was the Clone Wars cartoon. Uh, the Clone right. Wars cartoon, you can, you can skip the entire prequels trilogy and just watch the Clone Wars cartoon and you'll get all you need to see.
3: I was, um, I thought that the only thing, like, I guess that salvaged the movies for me it was Ewan McGregor. I thought Ewan McGregor was great. I, I just think he's great. But I can't he get over Natalie part. Portman. Natalie Portman is such an amazing actress. I love her in everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love her. And I hated her in Star Wars.
0: But you know what's sad is absolutely. Hayden Christensen is a good actor, too. It it wasn't the actor's fault. It was It wasn't. It was the script were in were the ahead. direction that they were given. Yep. Yeah. You can only do so much with the script that you have. yeah but true i do appreciate the films for what they are um i'm getting kind of nervous because once a year i have a star wars marathon around christmas time where i watch all the films back to back this year will be the first year that i add rogue one and episode seven to the mix so i don't know how that's gonna go (laughs) so That that would be fun so yeah i don't know how that's gonna go this year but uh Continuing on uh, earlier yeah. this week, uh, I got introduced to a new podcast. Um, the podcast is one of those 1930s-inspired radio program podcasts. It's called "The Midnight Tales from the Bluff City," and I'm going to read this uh, description of the podcast straight from their website. It says, "Midnight Tales from the Bluff City" is a 1930s is an inspired radio serial podcast taken over uh, taking place over the course of a hundred years in Memphis, Tennessee. The Bluff City is chock full of gothic history, the birth of several era defining styles of music, and host to a myriad of unique and outlandish characters. Each episode takes place in a different decade, starting with the 1980s and working backwards to the 1880s, and tells a sordid tale of unlucky few who had earned their ink in the history of tragic ways. First episode's out now, and it's, it's actually pretty good. It, it takes place in, the, like I said, the 1980s really really heavily involved with the music of the air so there's a lot of music in that episode and speaking to uh, Jonathan Myers the gentleman who created the podcast you know he he, he tells me that each episode is actually going to be chocked full of music from the different time periods and so if you if you take a listen to the interview here you'll kind of hear him talk a little bit about the process of making the episode and what it's all about. <music> This is Daniel with The Temple of Geek, and today I have writer and producer Jonathan Myers joining me to discuss a new serial podcast that he created. This podcast is called Midnight Tales from the Bluff City and is recorded in the style of a 1930s radio program. Jonathan, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today.
1: Daniel, thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: Hey, not a problem, sir. I, I want to kind of just start off today by asking you just to kind of explain what exactly is Midnight Tales from the Bluff City.
1: Uh, well, it's, a uh, like you said, a radio serial-inspired podcast that tells original, oftentimes dark, uh, but most importantly, cinematic stories set in 10 different decades in Memphis, Tennessee.
0: How did, how did you come up with that concept?
1: Uh, well, the radio serial is a, a format that I've wanted to explore for a while. Um, as a writer, I've often been limited by budget, so... I've rarely been given the freedom to to tell a story in a different time period and removing the visual element was a way to to circumvent those limitations and concentrate on immersing the listener in a different world that you know i could control all the all other aspects of from you know a sound booth and a computer screen um you know it presents a a unique challenge Like, how do you tell a story that feels cinematic without the visual element but I'm proud of the results, both um, experimenting with the sound design that feels familiar and fresh to the genre, as well as the authentic performance that the actors were able to deliver.
0: Now, did you go to like old radio programs, like I don't know, like the old Zorro and and like Flash Gordon and stuff for inspiration, kind of like, get an idea of yeah, how those were created?
1: I did. You know, I, I, I early early thirties is where I focused on. I uh, listened to a lot of the Shadow and the Phantom. Um, maybe because those two movies stuck out of my mind as a you know, child of the group in the nineties. <laughs> but um it was uh, it was something I then later avoided, like the plague. And then most of the radio plays and narrative podcasts I've listened to that come out now, um, they they sort of commit to that old transatlantic style of acting and storytelling where they go big like a recorded stage play. And so if that style was the norm, or if it was celebrating, you know, the form of yesteryear. I wanted this to be, you know, like the Marlon Brando method that jolted the medium into another direction.
0: So I just got to listening to the first episode and I really, really like how you integrate like your sponsors into the, like they're, they're, they're actually recorded in like the 1930s style commercials. What, what made you decide to go that route?
1: Um, you know, I approached it in the same way, I just said to myself, how would I want to listen to commercials if i had to um you know the podcast format tends to go a certain way you hear the bumpers in the front and and some ads in the middle and and so i just decided to integrate it in a way that felt like you were listening to something from the past and the only thing that jolted you out of that was hearing a website or a phone number
0: yeah because i think it was like the third or fourth advertisement i was like are these real uh, businesses <laughs> and then the third was like go to www dot i was like oh okay
1: <laughs> yeah you know it's it's a uh, I really embraced the city of Memphis and in you know telling a story for that city, but I wanted to open it up to places that wouldn't be able to step into that certain bar or diner or buy that you know product. And so I had to make it for both those who lived there and those you know who might never step a foot near those establishments and have everyone enjoy it the same way
0: was that was that was really cool. i like I like I love the creativity you put into that. that's that's a really cool and, way of promoting your sponsors. And I, I hope they're excited about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, they've been very supportive. It's uh, it was a it's, the community is so helpful. So um, I, I couldn't be happier to be where I am in telling this specific story.
0: Your your story is going to be taking place over a course of 10 episodes. And the first episode takes place in 19 in the 1980s. I don't know the exact year. I don't remember, but it's yeah. you, from what I understand, you're going to be working your way backwards through the decades. Why are you doing that approach?
1: Well, um, the original plan was to move forwards, uh, and the 1880s episode is over halfway completed because of that. But when it got time to look at the score, I didn't have the, the funds to hire a larger band or an orchestra for the style of music I envisioned. Uh, The 1980s, of course, is much less expensive to produce. The uh, composer Graham Winchester was able to do most of it in his home studio. Um, It's also an easier decade to cross-pollinate the storytelling with the music. uh, That singer-songwriter characters, uh, they add songs to the story pretty organically in this episode. And while I aim to get more creative with how to pull that off in in the future, uh, I took, you know, a a less rather than more approach so that I could just get through the growing pains of my first go at this.
0: Okay. So are all these stories like original ideas or are these kind of like urban myths myths from like the Memphis area?
1: Um, Yes and no. The, the, there was no serial killer stalking singer songwriters in 1983 that I'm aware of. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But future episodes deal with a lot of true historical context, from uh, the child trafficking conspiracy of Georgia Tan to the history of racism and gentrification in the Deep South, uh, to city corruption, and then the trends that followed each decade both musically and through the pages of its past events. Um, But I tend to focus on fictional lead characters surrounded by true events in the same way that, say, Forrest Gump chronicled 40 years of history through a fictitious narrator.
0: Do you have uh, all 10 scripts already like done and ready to go?
1: I have five completed and uh, the remaining are outlined, but um, I tend to record the narration first and then start building the sound design and that tends to add or change the dialogue and the scene work. So the scripts are never truly finished until the last day in the sound booth, you know.
0: That makes a lot of sense. How long does it take for you to produce each episode?
1: Well, this last one took about uh, six weeks, but if I was cutting checks to everyone and I didn't have anything else on my plate, it would go much faster. Uh, there's a there's a bit of trial and error in building the soundscapes. And I also have to respect the creative process of the composer. But I think, you know, if I, this was my nine to five, I could turn them around in about seven to 10 days.
0: Okay. So if basically like right now, this first episode took about, you know, roughly how that many weeks, but you're, you're thinking that future episodes are going to be able to turn out pretty quicker.
1: Yeah, well, you know, that being said, this next episode that I'm working on is is very ambitious. Um, it's uh, The turnaround is going to be contingent on a lot of different schedules. The 70s was such a powerful time, both historically and musically, uh, in Memphis, that I, I want to honor it in the most creative and respectful way. So uh, Boo Mitchell, who is the son of Willie Mitchell, uh, both... Uh, have and, and do run Royal Studios is going to produce this episode with me. And I want to use the musicians and the players who go all the way back to the records that stacks cut uh, with Isaac Hayes and Carla Thomas and Booker T and the MGs and William Bell. So I also don't want to jinx it, but I'm in early talks with the Memphis composer that I would have actively sought for this episode, e- even if I had limitless resources. So getting all those schedules together um, is, uh, is going to probably be the, the longest produ- produced, time frame for an episode uh, in this go-around
0: H- How are you seeking out your actors are you doing like an open casting call or are these just like kind of friends and stuff that you know that are like Have acting abilities?
1: Yeah, I've been see I've been lucky um, in, in in My time in Memphis. I've been there for seven years now um, I started off dating a musician from Memphis, and that's kind of what brought me there. It's what introduced me to uh, the music side of, of uh, that city and the narrator, uh, David Cowser, is, is I call him my spirit animal. He's one of the most talented musicians uh, in and of himself. And in this episode, all he does is, is narrate. He'll narrate all of them, actually. He's the one constant. Um, the girl, uh, Brigida Price, uh, the character, is, uh, is an a- as an actress and, and singer named Amy Levere. Plays the stand-up bass. is an incredible songwriter herself. And Chris Scott um, is a very talented Memphis musician. So I've tried to to prey on the talents of singers who also can act and it's it's turned out to be very rewarding um and I've, I've so far i've just gotten lucky but i hope that luck continues
0: yeah the acting was really good in in the first episode that i heard so i was i was pretty impressed that's it was amazing um, Thank you. how often are you planning for these episodes to come out are these gonna be like monthly or is it just gonna be based on when you get them created and when you can get them released
1: for right now, the latter. Um, I, I hope to hit a stride. I think once I get past the 70s, um, if there is, you know, traction, if the response is positive, um, then then I can pick up the pace on these. Uh, but, um, you know, like I was talking about, the, the next episode is such a, a big leap from the amount of people involved. It is going to take a, a little bit more time.
0: Are you planning on creating more episodes after you're done with these initial 10? Like, are you going to be doing, like, more tales?
1: or? Sure. If the, Yeah, if the demand is there, absolutely. Um, I mean, if anything, I'm doing these 10 for me, and then, you know, it's kind of a, a love letter to the city of Memphis. But if the response proves that an audience exists for this very specific style of storytelling, then not only do I see having more, you know, seasons, if you will, of Midnight Tales from the Bluff City, but that brand can be used in any city with a rich history of music and, you know, neo-noir midnight tales in the big easy, for example, or the city of angels would be just as fun of an experience. And I'd love to, to play with this medium more.
0: Yeah. I'm from Texas. So Austin would be a big scene too.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I love Austin.
0: Well, how can our listeners find out more about the show?
1: Uh, well, I have a pretty pathetic website at the moment. Um, <laughs> the delivery of this format is brand new to me, but I do hope to change that soon. It's on iTunes and SoundCloud, and I'm exploring other forms of you know, both distribution and uh, additional content to help with the lull of time between each episodes. Uh, but for now, I just hope that this first one produces good feedback and interest so I can infuse more into the production than my my personal desire to see it through.
0: And Jonathan, if you had one final thing that you could say to 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 get people excited to listen to this episode, what would you want to tell them?
1: Uh, well, I would say that, that, um, the, the focus on the bluff city is, is what I'm most excited about, uh, f- especially for people who haven't been there. The aesthetic of Memphis is incredibly textured. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful city, but it's also surrounded by broken brick and, and leaky neon and stale cigarette smoke. And, and those might sound like bad things, but to me, they add so much character. They form a seal that, Holds on to a visual representation of its history, um, so I, I've tried to capture that in the in the in the music, and, and I mean whether it's Elvis or Beale Street or, or wrestling or the Muddy Mississippi, you know the assassination of Martin Luther King or the basement Johnny Cash played his first gig in or the sewers of the Underground Railroad, you, you don't have to look far to be inspired by uh, the Bluff City, and and it's where I found tremendous inspiration for the last several years, and and I, I want to give that back in the form of uh, a, a medium'm I'm, I'm un, unfamiliar with and hopefully uh, people can experience the same awe and respect I have for that lay, that place and and that kind of music and that kind of history um, in 45 minutes you know
0: Well, I, I could tell you I really enjoyed the first episode and I'm super excited to see what else you have coming down the pipes. Thank you, Daniel. I appreciate that. Not a problem, sir. I, I, I want to thank you for taking the time to speak with me today about your about this new podcast.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, was, I had a lot of fun.
0: Um, and you listeners, if uh, you want to check out his first episode, it's called Sapuku Songbird. You can find it right now on iTunes and SoundCloud. It's the Midnight Tales from the Bluff City.
1: Thanks a lot, Daniel. I appreciate it. Not a problem. You take care. All right. You too.
0: So uh, this week, basically, I just want to kind of talk about just different news stories that's been popping up over the weeks. Has there been anything interesting that's caught y'all's ear or eye on the web?
3: Uh, for me, it's the CW uh, crossover, that w- the info that was released on that one.
1: That was just dropped uh, today, correct?
3: Crossover. Yeah. Um, very, very, very excited about that. Um, I saw Stefan Amal on his Twitter probably about a week and a half or two ago um, said that he was just given um, the, uh, the information for what it was going to entail, and he was really excited about it. So I've been waiting for it, and now they've uh, – They've released, uh, you know, some details on it. Apparently it's going to be called Crisis on Earth X, and it's a nod to all the uh, Crisis um, storylines that were in the Mm -hmm. comic books uh, since they introduced the multiverse. And they even, it's really cool, they even did the promo art for the episodes. Uh, They made it look like a comic book cover, and they got uh, comic book artist Phil Jimenez, who does uh, some of the Wonder Woman and Superwoman uh, artwork he uh, drew up this amazing uh, comic book cover as a promo for the, for the episodes that are coming up so it's very very that, that's what caught my eye this week
2: how is DC getting TV so right and movies so wrong I just you know <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's a anyway. whole other podcast <laughs> I know
2: it I know it I know that, that, that is a topic that we beat to death but I know yeah. it, we have, but I mean, that's just awesome. That's so cool. And they're, they've done such a good job. I'm not up with the CW shows so much. Uh, my daughter watches, my daughter's up on the Flash more than I am. I mean, she loved the Flash. Uh, she kind of liked Green Arrow, but the Flash is great. It's, to me, the Flash is, they've done it the best. Uh, and, I and it love- looks like, well, I was going to say it looked like Superwoman was done really well too. Um, but I haven't watched it, yet, so. I uh,
3: but anyway, I loved just- Green Arrow until the Flash came out, and the Flash was just such a great show. Yeah. That like, it was so different from Green Arrow, uh, from Arrow, um, that uh that it kind of like Flash stole my heart. Uh, Supergirl is really great though. Supergirl is like. Well,
2: I definitely. I I I definitely will catch it. I felt I felt like kind of like you when the Flash came out it pulled me away from arrow but the thing about arrow was i got a lot of like lost vibes the the show lost from arrow in that uh i couldn't really tell the direction of the show it was like they were making it up as they went along much like they did in lost (laughs) yeah so you know it was like and plus he was stranded on an island for a while but besides you know all of that I just I got this feeling it was like if the show wasn't going anywhere and they're making it up as they go along and and then flash came out and had a very distinct and very very well executed and clear direction so anyway
3: yeah and also I have this uh, the problem I have with arrow and don't I love arrow but the problem I have with it is that nobody stays dead so at first um, somebody would die and I would be so devastated and like oh my god they killed this character how could they and then they'd bring it back and almost like cheat that character from this like wonderful death that they like they whatever heroic they, death. Oh. yeah and they kept bringing people back so then when somebody died I wasn't even like moved by it because I was like yeah they'll be back uh, they'll be back nobody stays dead on Arrow oh spoiler right. guys I'm sorry <laughs> Like,
0: well there's a couple people I'm hoping come back much. I, I hope yeah. they bring back the original Black Canary, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. Um, I was I was convinced, you know, I don't want to go too much into detail on this, that last season of Errol, but I was convinced that Prometheus was going to end up being Tommy. No! I was so really? convinced that that was going to happen, and then they revealed it to be that, uh, I was just, I was disappointed. So much potential there if they would have made it Tommy.
3: I, I think I would have been upset. <laughs> I would have been like, No! Um, yeah, but well, that's the, a good
2: reaction, thing. one way or the other. You know, I
3: don't
2: know. Yeah, but see, um,
3: the interesting thing about this too is that um, last year's crossover was like you know uh, one episode per day. It was like four episode uh, arc, where well, it's still a four episode more, arc, but more they like, had it like three
0: and a tenth episodes because Supergirl's episode really wasn't a crossover until the last five seconds of the episode.
3: <laughs> right, that so but, made like, me uh, mad. Yeah, and then, um, but this time, it's going to be, uh, it's only going to be two days. It's a two-day event, so they're going to double up the episodes. It's still going to be, you know, four episodes. Each show is going to get their own, you know, crossover version. But it's only going to be, there's going to be two airing on Monday night and two airing on Tuesday night. Which is and awesome. I guess That's reason- like
0: two hours of live, sh- or live tweeting for both those days.
3: Yeah, and it's... um I kind of, you know, you're not waiting and waiting. It's not drawn out. And I guess the reason for that was that the, the story, Legends of Tomorrow is the one that airs on Thursdays and nobody watched the actual finale. Like their ratings were really low. Everybody tuned in for Flash, Supergirl, and Arrow, but the actual finale that was on Legends of Tomorrow was actually, had really low ratings. So now they're putting the, condensing it into two days. A two-day
0: event. How many of y'all watch Legends of Tomorrow? I started Legends. Uh, I've never watched it. I'm I'm not going to lie. That is my favorite show out of the Berlanti universe. Is it? (laughs) Yes. Interesting. (laughs) I love I love the mix of the characters. It's the one that feels the most comic booky, only because the characters aren't afraid to use their powers and have fun with them. Uh, It's just I don't know. It's just a fun all around show, and I I really like some of the little storylines they do. Now sometimes they go a little outlandish. Um, but you know, there's episodes where they've met Jonah Hex and some of the other DC characters. It's just it's just been a fun show. Um, was, yeah, well, that episode
2: better? That. Yeah. was that episode better than the whole movie Jonah Hex?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Both episodes of the Jonah Hex <laughs> were better than the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Such a bad movie. Well, that's awesome. I'm look. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Now, it's it's kind of sad because they said it's only a four part crossover. So that means they're not going to be including Black Lightning. It looks like. I wonder if he's even going to be part of the Berlanti universe.
3: Black Lightning.
0: Black Lightning's the yeah, gonna... the new show that they're introducing this year.
3: What I, really? What y'all haven't heard I anything? I didn't know. Tell me more.
0: <laughs> uh, Black Lightning. Um. <laughs> What's <is> that? <laughs> went
2: over like, and you're like crickets. No one's heard Black Lightning. It's like
3: they are you- not marketing this well.
0: Uh let's. uh we're gonna take a pause here for a second. Um. <laughs>
2: so to tell us more of Black Lightning.
0: Black Lightning is a super.
3: Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I won't ask again.
0: <laughs> Black Lightning is a uh, a superhero that basically has the ability to control electricity. Um, it's the new super uh, superhero show that's coming out. I, I think it's debuting in. I think it's deba- debuting in 2018. Actually, I don't think it's going to be this okay. season. Um, but it's going to be on CW. It's it's made by the Berlantes. I, th- I thought the Or part of the Berlanti universe. It may not be. I don't know. Um, Now I'm second guessing myself. Is it going to be in the Inhumans time slot? (laughs) It's. uh, I don't think it's going to be in the Inhumans time slot.
3: Oh, my God. LeVar Burton is in it.
0: Yeah. I'm
3: so watching this. LeVar
0: Burton. Jordy, You guys. I love Star Trek. You don't even know. I even
3: love. Yeah. We're watching. Well,
0: this. I, I'm a big, I'm a big uh, next generation fan. So. Well, he's not. He's not like the main character. I don't believe Maybe he is.
3: He's Not because he he's listed as like the first character. Maybe because he's,
2: he's got to be the mentor that works at the library that teaches you about books that you should read. Um, <laughs> reading Rainbow. Oh, that's reading. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Yeah, I love reading
3: Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I got excited, guys. I'm
2: really sorry. Well, that's good. I,
0: mean, I, I had no idea you know, at all, much less that. I just think Robert it's funny because it. they had a trailer come out for it and everything. The trailer was <laughs> kind of cool. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm kind of stoked <laughs> for it. <laughs> I had no oh, okay. idea. Well, cool. I'm glad I touched touch on <laughs> a new news thing that wasn't really a new news thing. <laughs> for the listeners. I hope they knew it as well and check it out whenever it comes
3: out. Well, I want CW to know that they are not marketing this right because I didn't even hear about it. I don't and think they're
0: going to start it like marketing that. it until they get closer to releasing it. Um, it does actually look like, I'm reading more into it, it does look like it's actually coming out in 2018. Uh, yeah, so, but you, where did we
2: see this uh, trailer that I didn't see? Uh,
0: they talked about it at Comic-Con. They showed. I think they showed the trailer before Comic-Con. Um, they had a little tra- teaser of it during Comic-Con. When they were showing all the other trailers, all the other CW trailers. Um, But yeah, it's supposed to come on. I I think it's going to be, I think it's going to follow one of the other shows. Um, But now looking at it, I don't think the show creators are Greg Berlanti and um, uh, what's his name? Kaisberg or whatever. So I don't know if it's actually part of that same universe or not. Um, Y'all also, uh, I I guess I need to ask this question. Y'all heard about the Teen Titans show coming out too, right? I, I have hear yeah i have heard
2: about that that's live action too
0: right? that's a live action show it's going to be on the cw uh cw app or the wb app some streaming app that they've created um you're only going to be able to watch it there but it's it's actually going to be a live action uh teen titan show with nightwing you can and, only
2: stream it through the web you can't watch it on tv
0: correct they're trying to do what cbs is doing with like the new star trek new star trek is they're going to show the first episode on tv but all future episodes will be on their CBS Access app. So you're yes. only you're only going to be able to watch Star Trek on the CBS app by paying a monthly subscription fee. So
3: I did not. Know what
0: that. this is this is the that future.
3: Is really lame. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> this is the future of television, guys. Now, I have a I have a question that I that I made. This
2: may be a stupid question, um, but I thought that CBS, ABC, and NBC were all local access television i mean i thought that you should
0: that was like you get those channels regardless uh you get the local versions of those channels regardless the syndicated national channels are big corporations owned by different conglomerates um abc's owned by disney you
2: have i thought that if like like you could watch on Sundays, you get to watch football, even if the only three channels you have are ABC, NBC. That's correct. It's it's
0: it's the local it's the local affiliate of of CBS or ABC or NBC that's broadcasting that signal to your television. Makes- so these these like if they have a,
2: a television show that they own, or if they own that particular television show, then they don't have to. Sh- they can pick and choose where they want to show it. And who they show
0: it to. CBS is on this particular show. They are choosing to only show it on a streaming service.
2: Well, I can tell you uh, that one of the, you know, 350 million people in this country will not pay for that service for that reason. And I like, I like, uh, Star Trek, and I was actually looking forward to this because it looks good. That that Star Trek show looked good. I was looking forward to it too. But I'm that frustrates me that CBS, ABC, or NBC would try to go to this model that the other. That's a whole other podcast as well. But that that's that kind of pisses me off that they're doing that. I had no idea.
0: Well, Look at all these things we're putting today. Well, for, from what I understand, a lot of. A lot of uh, networks are actually going to start doing this because people are starting to turn away from cable. People are starting to cut the cord, as you will, you know, and turn Which to, I understand. Turn but to things like Hulu and Netflix. Um, well, and and all of that makes sense because you can't.
2: The cable model cannot just can. And again, we're kind of digressing, but you, no, The cable model is model's not. Not it's not it's not sustainable. I mean, all of us probably pay for some sort of cable subscription, but if I could. Get the channels that I wanted and make sure that I still got Paw Patrol, and uh, you know, whatever else on uh, uh, the Nickelodeon Disney channels, and, and as well as your sports channels and whatever. And I, if I could pick and choose and pay less than one hundred and seventy dollars a month, I would do that. Mm-hmm. But what right. end up happening is you're going to pay eight dollars for CBS a month and eight dollars for ABC and NBC and the Fox channels and. If you pay for the sixteen ninety nine package, you're going to get all the ABC channels, including Family and ESPN. And I don't know. I just... It may end up being better, uh, but it just doesn't sound on paper like it's going to be better. Well... Everybody would have a smart TV that can download apps just so you can watch these things, not on a
0: 7-inch screen. This, this might hurt your heart a little bit more, Stacy. <laughs> so... <laughs> if we're going to go ahead and talk about this subject for a little bit, Netflix currently owns or is currently has the rights to stream Marvel programming and star Wars, right? Well, Disney.
2: got to know what you are about to say. Disney yeah. is oh.
0: setting to launch their own app. Now that's getting ready to come out and they are, yeah. they've just announced that they're pulling star Wars and the Marvel oh films from Netflix. Now I don't know what yeah. that means for the Netflix series, you know the the ones I, that are, I
2: found, I think I know about that. I think
0: that the Netflix series are owned by Netflix. Now, so here's the second half of this that I think this is the part that's going to break your heart. Disney also owns ESPN. Disney's oh, getting does. ready to launch an ESPN streaming service. Okay. That will be streaming sports channels. Now, a lot of people have ESPN on their cable packages. Um, I don't know I don't know what the specifics are of ESPN with you know with Disney's new ESPN app but I have a feeling that certain sports programs you're only going to be able to see on their streaming service by paying a monthly as subscription. As long as you get the Ocho I'm fine. But I mean you get what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So a lot of these networks well, are I starting have... to go to that.
3: What I noticed um, you know some networks can do that. Disney for example has so much content that they could right. have their own service that people are willing to pay for because there's so much but you see it like um the bbc just pulled recently uh pulled all of their like shows like doctor who for example off of netflix um which before was like one of the only places you could watch it if you were like an american yeah. and um, and they just pulled all of that off of netflix they pulled uh, like a lot of shows off of there to uh, to start their own you know, a streaming service, which I think is Britbox. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I only watch it for Doctor Who, or like how you were saying with the Star Trek one, I only wanted to watch Star Trek. They're not willing to pay for, um, you yeah. know, they're not willing to pay more money for just one show. And so they're, yeah. I feel like they're going to lose fans in that sense, where like I felt like the Doctor Who fandom was a lot bigger. When the show was on Netflix because people every day were catching it or finding it and they were more excited about the programming. Whereas when it was pulled and you can only see it on BBC America or you can only see it on, um, you know, Britbox, not as many people were watching anymore. So that fan right. kind of died down a little bit and I feel like that'll happen with the Star Trek one where like... Well- you know i was excited yeah. about it i can wait to see it uh, but now that i know that i have to pay for it i'm like oh well I'll just wait till it comes out on like yeah, especially if you already pay for
2: cable service you know i mean i get it with the other ones but to have to pay for one show when i already get cbs um i, I well i'm definitely not going to watch orville even though i've heard it's not bad orville's uh, hilarious i well it's seth MacFarlane, and he's struck out so many times for me um Family Guy's kind of, and Ted, maybe the only two things that I can watch that he's done. But that the the western he did was so bad that he lost all. Right. <laughs> really, you didn't like that the strike that was you that was strike one two. And you didn't like a million ways to die in the West. Oh my goodness, no. Oh my god, mm-hmm. the movie was so funny.
3: Yeah, I started I started watching that one and I was like. Okay, but like I just kind of started playing on my
2: phone and didn't really pay attention after. That. Exactly, yeah. That you—that was better time spent on your phone. <laughs> well, that's it. That's very interesting. I'm—that's unfortunate. I'm interested to see how this plays out because
0: all personally, gonna, I all I'm going to say is people be, that freaking, you know, pulled the plug on these cable things and now are going to have to pay to watch these shows because you know people pulled the plug so they could just have Netflix and Hulu and maybe Amazon, you know. Now they're yeah. going to have to have Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, CBS, Disney, ESPN. <laughs> I mean, they're going to Yeah. It's going right. to be just you know, like, paying like paying for cable again.
2: That might have been a better model if I can get what I get the things that I wanted, like I can pay for the Disney, I can pay for HBO, and I'll pay for, you know, this other group of channels and then my my tab will be less, but I but I well it could be less. The problem is is that and, and we're going to get into uncharted territory. What you pay for with a lot of these cable companies is I'm paying for a DVR in every room, I'm paying for remote controls in every room, I'm paying for uh, you know the channels to make sure it's streamed to every room. So it's like I can wherever I am in the house I could watch whatever I wanted to. That's you know first world problems, but. You end up with this this other model. It's like now, how do I DVR this stuff? Well, or, with, sh-
0: with streaming, you don't have to DVR it because, baby, no. Yeah, you, you're, you, you go right. to it whenever right. you want,
2: and you can pause it. So I guess you can pause it in the middle of it because you're streaming it. So I guess that actually solves the problem of DVR. And if you can end up getting the price down, because right now you can't get a a cable package for family for less than if nothing is less than a hundred dollars, especially if you have. Internet. I pay two hundred and seventeen dollars a month for internet and cable. Yeah, ours is wow. we just come back down to one hundred and sixty-four. So,
3: yeah, I am plugged from cable. I literally watch everything on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. That's that's what I watch. I need yeah.
0: to unplug. I usually just watch YouTube.
3: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> See, and, and our and our kids do too. So,
2: it's like if if we would ju- if we would do that. The only time we watch anything else in the morning we watch one show in the morning it's crash leads. I don't watch it. the kids do. My wife watches the Today show, so you got the today show <laughs> if I can if I have to pay extra for that, then I guess I don't know we'll have to do that but anyway this this is going to be interesting to see how that plays out so
0: stay tuned for further developments on tuplege dot com <laughs> that's right. <laughs>
2: Stacey. And
3: so what about yeah, yeah.
2: what about you Stacy uh well i I heard a rumor I was listening uh, again watching YouTube uh, <laughs> not watching television uh, saw a rumor heard a rumor about the inhumans uh, that uh, that it has gotten panned so bad critically that they're considering now I don't know what research you you've gotten to you've dug up uh, Daniel but they're considering canceling it altogether
0: and not releasing it. Now it, I don't know
2: how wait, much not we, releasing re-
3: re- it at all?
0: No, they're going to release okay. it. It's it's set to release. It's a it, it's been picked up for 8 episodes. So okay. In, Inhumans is still dropping next what the 29th, so next they're Friday. Supposed to. No, I mean it's 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 dropping next it's it's dropping next Friday on ABC. Um for, okay. for sure it is dropping. Uh, I think they're going to go ahead and show the eight episodes. Now, I th- it bombed in the cinemas. And one of the reasons why it bombed in the cinema is because they took a made-for-television show that had television budget with television special effects and threw it up on an ice cream uh ice screen. IMAX. <laughs> IMAX screen. Oh, yeah. And, you know, people saw how crappy the special effects looked and it just the story wasn't there and it was just it was it was it was just bashed by critics. Um you know right now on IMDb it has a seven percent. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. I I'm sorry I meant to say rotten tomatoes. IMDb has a 5.2 out of 10. So um it's it's pretty low. But <sighs> ABC has swore that they are going to go ahead and release all eight episodes. Now, where the rumors are starting to come in is that the poster has just been released for the inhuman show and it says, you know, to be released in IMAX which it's already dropped, but then it also says entire series to debut September 29th. So everybody's like is this going to be a one season and done?
2: Yeah, no, it is. I mean, from what I've from what I've understood, i understood, I thought that they were actually going to stream it, but they weren't going to release it like weekly. They were going to release it all at once, but they were going to release it on a streaming service. So it's like you can access it online um, and chalk this one up as a loss because everything that I've heard about this series, it, it was a developmental hell, the fact that it, it uh, didn't, it didn't get the full treatment uh, in terms of writing, directing, special effects that even Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. got. And uh, so, I mean, they, they just weren't able to invest the time and the money that it, that it took to do
0: something that is this, frankly, weird. I don't you know. know so. I don't know what Marvel was thinking. You know, this was supposed to be a movie. Right. And, and they pulled it almost they immediately. They pu- pulled it once they got Spider-Man back. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of went into this development hell. <laughs> and yeah. they decided, you know, we thought the project was canceled altogether together. And then all of a sudden they were like, no, it's going to be coming out on TV. And here are the actors. I mean, it was just it started getting rushed. And yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, And
3: I don't mind so much that it be a one season, one off thing, like a little side thing that Marvel decided to throw out there for fans, like bring about these characters or whatever. I don't have a problem with that, Um, you know, and hey, if it does good, maybe it'll get another season or something like that. But, um, you know, short miniseries, you know, sound like a good idea for me if you couldn't get the movie out and it you know, not enough episodes for like a full season, for example. But this sounds a little shady, like they just didn't know where to go with that or what they could get away with.
0: Well here's what a lot of people are blaming this on. So I don't know if y'all remember back when Iron Fist came out, Iron Fist was pretty much critically panned, saying that it wasn't that great of a show, blah, 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 blah. They blamed it for on the the crappy choreography and the bad storyline and all that stuff. Well the director or the creator of I think it was the story writer of that show. Scott Buck is also the same guy who's doing in humans. (laughs) Really? So, well, and I've heard the same issues that happened to the first season.
2: And this is why Iron Fist was so much, in my opinion, he was so much better in defenders uh, than, than he was in his own show uh, was because of the writing and, and how this, that particular show, a lot of the production production was rushed. And so it sounds like the same thing happened in both of those shows. And uh, there are some common threads. I don't know what all the details are, and I don't know that we'll ever know all of them, but um, it sounds like there, was a lot of, there are a lot of similarities between the two. Now, I hear Lockjaw's and, awesome. Yeah, but, you know, and I've heard Black Bolt's not
0: bad for a character that doesn't speak. So, um, Spoiler alert, if y'all want to hear about it, they ruined Medusa yeah yeah within the first half hour of the show so really yeah what
3: do you mean they ruined her
0: so uh spoiler alert for anybody who doesn't want to listen um five four three two one medusa is a character who she's known for her her hair, hair. Her, her hair does right. these like crazy ninjutsu, yeah yeah Well, in the show, Ramsey Bolton, I mean, um, Maximilian, um, does his little torture thing to her when he takes over the moon and basically shaves her Shania Connor style. And she goes bald. And a lot of people are like, well, is it because y'all didn't have the money to do the special effects for her hair? So you just made her a bald Mm -hmm. character? And they did it. They said they did it within the first 45 minutes of the episode. So... She, oh geez, she is bald to the rest of the series. So you see her like one time do something awesome with her hair, and then it just no. She has no hair at all after that. So we blew her.
2: But budget. that's
3: such an iconic thing for that character, like right. Just in mythology alone, like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, I can see why it got canceled.
0: But if, if y'all, it's getting
3: canceled, because it's just a rumor, right?
0: Yeah, it's just a rumor right now. It's there's nothing. I mean, I'm I'm still looking right now, and everything's still just kind of in rumor status. Everything still says it's coming on ABC next Friday. Um, so
2: it's a good place to hide something if you want to pull it off the shelf real quick
0: well Fridays is not a good day for television no so, no. so I will be watching it next Friday and if anybody wants to join me <laughs> tune to ABC <laughs> on Friday uh, yeah. we're going to get our two hour premiere and then after that we'll have uh, six more episodes in the series or show season whether it be a season or the entire series will be over so, <laughs> tune in. Tune in. Uh, I guess keeping in with the Marvel news, the uh, Punisher trailer dropped this week. Yes, it did. And oh my God. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: oh, that made me like a, a little happy schoolboy when I saw that trailer. Did, did y'all happen to see the trailer? Yes, I did. Did y'all happen to watch it like 20 times in a row, like I did? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I did not watch it that many times. <laughs> Maybe
0: not 20 times, but
2: I did I did watch it a number of times. Yes.
0: Now, now you know how like in the... Uh, oh, what's that freaking movie called? That crappy one that came out? Uh, Suicide Squad. So, <laughs> yes. Remember in the Suicide Squad trailer how they had like the awesome freaking, you know, racking of the guns and everything to the music beats? Yes. Uh, I think this Punisher trailer took that to a whole new level. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they just did it better, and it made sense. Like, the music choice made sense. Oh, and everything else.
0: God, it was a perfect
2: they trailer. They didn't just shoehorn a song in like they did. They, they tried to do what Guardians of the Galaxy did with new music without really thinking it through and making the music mean anything, you know? So that's that was one of the issues with uh, – one of the many issues with Suicide Squad. But, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I had talked to you, Daniel, off off the record – about uh, my favorite uh, Punisher, and, and Thomas Jane's
0: uh, arguably stop line. You my, said Dolph Lundgren. Of
2: my favorite. <laughs> you know it's Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, um, and 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 uh, having seen all of the iterations of Punisher, including Dolph Lundgren and Ray Stevenson, uh, that you know Thomas Jane was my favorite, especially when uh, he did um, the short film Dirty Laundry. Uh, yeah, Dirty Laundry, where he actually he does very similar to what uh Bernthal's doing with the character right now. So um, where he's playing him as a rated R character, just kind of a, a vigilante of of the Deadpool sort. Only no jokes. I'm just mm. going to murder everything. <laughs> uh, if you're evil, you're dead. You know, that's just, that's essentially he kills everybody that's evil. Uh, or that has done wrong, you know, so uh and he he there is no mercy for the Punisher. Uh and 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 you know, and that's that's the character that's they're getting it right and and I was excited about it. I, I'm probably as excited for the Punisher as I was for when Daredevil was coming out uh the first season.
0: Um I think they're this is gonna be special. So
3: well this I makes- really hope so.
0: This makes me ask the question, um, you know, Daredevil season two was a pretty, pretty dark season with the introduction of Punisher, but this show looks to probably up that by, I don't know, 500%. I mean, would you, would you not agree? Um, And if that's the case, do you think Marvel Netflix is getting ready to go down a darker road? Maybe introducing. I don't
3: think so. I think that like. It's one of those things where like, you know, some things are a little bit darker than others. Whereas like um I felt like Daredevil was a little bit more darker than Jessica Jones, and it's definitely more darker than uh, Iron Fist. But I think uh, the
2: tone was darker in 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 Daredevil in terms of like I guess the scenes and maybe even just like colors and textures. But in my opinion, Jessica Jones was probably the Darkest. I, I would agree with you on that one, because of the themes of you know, the, uh, well, what
3: what uh what he can do, yeah,
2: of what he yeah. can do. So you've got rape or sexual assault. You've got, uh, you know, well, you got murder. You got dismemberment. You've got, uh, you know, okay. things that I would have. The last thing I would have thought to see in a Marvel series was somebody carrying a head into the police station, <laughs> and then a guy's. And then a guy's arm getting blended you know
3: oh god so. that was terrible well it's no it's
0: it's, it's it's no worse than the kingpin you know slamming that guy's head in the door until it was just a puddle of mush
2: well at least you didn't get to see it you know
3: <laughs> no, but you heard it
2: oh you did it was he he crushed a head of lettuce in there
0: somewhere so mm. yeah
3: yeah
2: well i that mean really
0: hard. you know <sighs> This is, a dark, this, this is definitely going to be a darker show because Punisher's a dar- darker character. Uh, I guess a part of me hopes that Netflix is using this as a, as a testing bed to see if we want to see these darker characters because Marvel yeah. has a whole slew of them, the whole Marvel Knights lineup, you know? Right,
2: we, and so Moon Knight is one of those that could go up there uh, that I've, I've heard them toy with. Or yeah, throw I, would, out. I would love to see a
0: Moon Knight show. Um, yeah. You know, we have the Ghost Rider, we have... Uh, You know, just there's all sorts of characters in in that series, and it would just uh, blade if they wanted to bring Blade back that this would be a good format for it. Um, Yeah, so yeah, I mean, it's just I I guess part of me's hoping (laughs) that that's what this is, but I don't know, we'll see. Um, Disney's pulling stuff away from Netflix. I don't know if Netflix is going to be able to create any more shows after this. You know, they probably own these shows, but will they be able to create any more after this? I don't know. I, I think either. Netflix
3: is doing okay, though. I think they have a lot of original content oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's done good for them. So,
0: yeah, Stranger Things is their number one programming right now. Um, <laughs> and then you got House of Cards, Orange is the New Black. Um, yeah,
3: and I mean, they're the the thing that's exciting about shows like House of Cards that are winning like Emmys and things like that. I mean, this isn't like a network; it's literally a streaming service that was able to pull this off, and you know win these awards and it's really exciting to like think like what comes next after that like will you know uh things that stream on youtube uh be eligible for emmys and things like that it's kind of an exciting time
2: it is which actually uh, youtube does have its own a service as well so
0: actually i think youtube is able to get emmys because i thought uh honest trailers was up for an emmy
3: was it really i didn't know that
0: I need to look that up. I think they I
3: thought they were. <laughs> that's could- pretty exciting though because that means that anything that somebody creates and can put out there and if it's just quality, you know, quality content, you know, you yeah. can you can be recognized and that's really exciting.
0: That's hilarious. Yeah. This article and says the- web series gets nominated for Emmy, makes fun of other Emmy nominees. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's one of those series and or that's one of those, I guess, mediums that used to have its own set of awards. You know, the Webbies and uh, used to be kind of that that series of awards for content that was exclusively on the internet. As far as I understood, you know, from comedies to dramas or whatever type of uh, categories that I they had. I think
3: YouTube tried to have its own awards, but that was a failed um, yeah exercise. I believe it's a good try.
0: It's a good try. Temple of Geek will never be on an award show, so well we will. You don't know that. You if you, the listeners, will support us by subscribing,
2: liking, and commenting, <laughs> don't put that evil on. Hey, us. Even if you want even if listeners want to go down and comment before you've even listened to the podcast because you saw and were inflamed by the title.
0: This comment, title. <laughs> this title. Of this episode will be called "Wonder Woman Sucks." Go. <laughs> <laughs> get people to really bash us. Did you even listen to the episode? That's right.
3: <laughs> it's
0: that or we could just we'll, we'll title it the uh, the title of this
2: episode is totally not what it's about. <laughs> that's just the title of it. <laughs> well,
0: We're I think that's good. <laughs> yeah. I think that's going to wrap up this episode of the Temple of Geek podcast. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on Facebook and Twitter by using the handle Temple of Geek. Do you want to check out some of our other episodes or shows? Why don't you head over to TempleofGeek.com? There you'll find all sorts of content that ah, <laughs> there you'll find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek. Thank you for joining us on this episode. I've been Daniel.
2: It's Monica. Thank you.
0: And we'll see you next time.
2: Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook
1: at Facebook.com slash Temple of Geek.
2: And remember to visit TempleofGeek.com. Your one stop for all
1: things geek. Goodbye.
2: This will conclude our transmission.